welcome to the F1 Rearview podcast in person. How good does this feel, guys? Uh, we've had a few weeks off, but we're back. We're back with a new setup, and we're finally back together in the same room. Um, this week, we've had a race in Portugal for the first time since 1996, and it was a race of mixed emotions, I think it's fair to say. Um, as always, I'm joined by my wonderful two companions. Uh, Ruth is here. Producer Ruth. Producer Ruth in the room. In the building. In the building. And of course, Mr. Reese Keeble. Hello. I feel like we should say that the reason why we took so long and we didn't do last week was because we were getting all this sorted. Yeah. We weren't just having a lazy week like like we put out on Twitter. We wanted to be a bit secretive about it. And now, yeah. we're, now we're all Gucci. We've also just started back at university. We're all students. We've all just gone into our final year of university. So it's all hands on deck. Very yeah. busy. But we've managed to scrape it together. If there is any technical difficulties, any sound problems that aren't quite right, leave it with us. We'll get them sorted out. But we, we're trying to get it all I mean, working properly, aren't we? Would you believe that this isn't our full-time job? I know. Who knew? Who knew that? Crazy. <laughs> Blimey. Um, right then. Let's talk about the Portuguese Grand Prix because that's what we're here to talk about. Um We'll talk about first a bit of qualifying. We'll just get a little bit of rundown of qualifying. Oh, Reese is just adjusting some levels. There we go. Yeah, we've got, this is all the stuff that you don't see. Yeah, we've got a whole <laughs> you know, audio interface and stuff now. I'm just trying um, to get it sounding right for us. Just getting it right in your ears. Just That's getting it right it in be. my ears. That's how it should be. Yeah. It's nice just being able to see your face again. I know. Honestly. It's, it's weird not having... I mean, normally Ruth's behind a bit of glass. Yeah. So this yeah. is strange. I, I don't like this. It's nice just actually being able to look across and see yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell when you're going to speak, so I'm not going to speak yeah, over you. Yeah, we're not speaking over each other anymore. It's we're, brilliant. Uh, you just said you won't speak over me. Just did. <laughs> um, it, is, it is really nice being back in the same room. Yeah, um, definitely. We fell in love with the podcast again, getting all this sorted. As long as it, like, it took us so long to get my microphone here. But once it was here, oh, bon And I will give a little bit of a teaser here. We've got a few other kind of F1 rear view podcast ideas in the workshop about maybe some preview stuff, but we'll go mm. into that more and with an official announcement, but we, we've got some ideas burning up that we're kind of looking to bring out soon, aren't we? Yeah. We, we, I, I wanted to do more because we've got presenter Tom, producer Ruth, Reese. Backseat you know I mean? driver Reese. I, I, I wanted to do a little <laughs> bit more. So I, I've kind of, we, me and Tom have kind of worked together, got a little concept going on. We've got some stuff coming um, out, yeah. Yeah, because, as you know, I'm only two years into F1. Mm-hmm. I've missed quite a lot of seasons. Yeah. See what that means. So I'm going to basically relive my childhood with Reese and Ruth alongside me. So I'm looking forward to it. It could be good. We'll see. More on could that, obviously, good. in the uh, coming weeks. Nothing official just yet. Yeah, it's still top secret. Don't tell, don't don't tell, tell anyone. anyone. Don't tell anyone. Not even your mum. She can't <laughs> be trusted. Um, right, let's talk about qualifying first, because that was what really happened first, as it always does before the race. Um I mean, Bottas was the bloke of the weekend in qualifying and in practice. Um, all practice sessions he topped, and the first two sessions of qualifying he topped mm-hmm. until right at the last minute in Q3, Hamilton pipped him to it. P- Hamilton managed to get P1 from him in quality, um, and Bottas ended up in P2, Verstappen in P3. That's what I've really got on qualifying. I don't know if you guys I've got, have anything I've got else, something but... else, a Go lot of information. Drain covers. Oh, oh yes, of course. So if you weren't watching qualifying live, you you, you might not know. Ed, Why was... are you watching an F1 podcast? But go on. No, you, <laughs> you could have watched it afterwards. You could have been at work. Yes, yeah, true. But it was postponed by... Prop- postponed? Postponed? Postponed. Yeah. Struggle postponed. with my words. 
Post Malone. It was Post Malone by um, 30 minutes because in uh, FP3, uh, one of the drain covers came up on Sebastian Vettel and uh, it was <laughs> it was just drain report for half an hour. Like they were going around testing the covers, pulling them up and being yeah. like, oh, this one's not decent. Let me get, you know, the, uh, the grout sealing and... And try and stick it down a bit. I more. think they ended up just tarmacking over them or something. Yeah, they? They, they, very they, weird. They said um, they said for the race that they were going to try and tarmac them, mm. which I feel really sorry for Portugal now because they've got a racetrack that will for not drain. <laughs> it will not drain. I just realised. I said if you didn't watch qualifying, what you're doing watching your podcast. I mean, you're presenting a podcast that you didn't watch qualifying. Unfortunately, but, I did not watch qualifying um, this weekend. You didn't. She had an ear infection. She was very ill. But very, she's back at it now. Boring. She's watched highlights. You watched the race, to be honest. You pulled yourself out of bed to the race. I pulled myself out of that room, in here, in my yeah. nightgown, it's true. to sit and watch the I race with... with my KFC rice box. I live with her and I thought she was at work. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you were at bed. <laughs> um, right, yeah, but that's all that happened in qualifying. There was a weird delay at the start. Then Hamilton got P1, Bottas P2, Max P3. Anyway, let's talk about the actual thing that we're here to talk about, and that's the race. Um... And to be honest, I think the the most exciting part of that race and the most action-packed part of that race probably came in the first lap, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, after three or four corners, Carlos Sainz, who started in P7, was leading the race. He was up to P2 in the first. P2, sorry, and then the he got lap. Hamilton on the next second, lap, didn't he? Second lap was P1. Uh, yeah, he managed to get past... Both Red Bulls, one of the Mercedes in the first lap, the second one in the next lap. The racing point, the Ferrari. I mean, it was a wonderful start for, for McLaren. Lando got up there as well. Yep. I think, Reese, that was probably one of the, the best laps of F1 racing you've you've ever seen. Are yep. we fair to say? 100%. Uh, how did it you was... feel just watching science go up like that? <laughs> weird. It's got to be said weird because you're normally used to seeing, you know, your two silver arrows now. Well, black arrows setting off, mm. and then just followed by the Red Bulls. Your Ferrari's normally tenth and eleventh or something like that, you know. And um, so it was very strange to see. It, it was it was more strange that Crofty didn't say it. So we we always watch on Sky. We're British. We watch on Sky F1. Um, Crofty didn't actually announce Signs taking the lead. It was Martin. Mm. Martin was like, "Oh, and Signs is really pushing behind Valtteri. Signs has got the lead." Yeah. It was a bit like. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was very strange, it's got to be said, but I loved every second of it until about lap six. And then, and then, it <laughs> then I hated every down, second hey. of the race. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen the announcement for the, uh, for, for the podcast, um, you'll, you'll have seen why. Well, you would have read my disappointment. What, what, did, what were you thinking when you saw Science just going up like that, Ruth? What, what did you think when you saw him overtaking Mercedes with what looked like pretty a lot of ease didn't it it didn't look hard for him it it was really weird because i remember just before he overtook um it was verstappen and sergio had contact didn't they and then he just seemed to have so much more pace than everyone around him Mm. it was crazy even norris as well was just literally just climbing it was literally like they were in a different car for those first couple of laps signs put out a tweet saying he felt really comfortable until the track dried which makes me think, well, not think, it gives us the information that Sainz was the only one who anticipated it being wet while still being on the slicks. Mm. So he kind of knew how to handle it more. He wasn't going off the track or out like that. Yeah, Where there be. was a lot yeah. of cars off the track mm. in the first two laps. Definitely. Well, let's talk about that thing on the first lap. Then. You, you talked about it there. Verstappen and Perez, they had a, just a weird bit of contact. 
Perez ended up spinning out because of it, and that put him right to the back. Um, it was officially deemed as a racing incident. To me, it looked like Max kind of was forced wide by, I think it was Bottas or Hamilton, one of them two. Um, and the way he had to come back on was just in a bit of an unfortunate place, and he ended up taking out the racing point. Uh, what what do you think, Ruth? Who, who do you think is to blame there? Do you think it was Max's fault, Perez's fault, or just a racing incident? I think it was just a racing incident from looking at it. Um, I agree with the decision that it was. Um, there's not really very much more to say on it than that. I mean, both of the drivers, Verstappen thinks it was Perez's fault. Perez thinks it's Verstappen's fault. I mean, mm. it's always going to happen that way. But to me, it didn't look like it was either of their fault, really. It just just happened. What do you think, Reese? Do you think anyone's at fault? Uh, at least Max didn't say any naughty words. We can uh, mm. put that out there. He got in a bit of trouble. Trouble? Trouble? Trouble. He got in a bit of trouble in, um, was it F2? That he got in trouble? FP2, yeah. Yeah, he so, never um, <laughs> everyone knew what I meant. <laughs> um, it was definitely a racing incident, 100%. Yeah. It was, it was, right, it was a racing incident because it was on the first lap. If it was on the third or fourth lap... You think it would be a different story? I reckon Max would have got penalised. Interesting. Interesting. However, okay. you, the, the stewards are always more lenient on the first lap. Always. Well, like, I think you, you have to it. be, because that's when the cars, they're all together. Yeah. You know, spills and thrills are going to happen. They're all them. fighting for the same position on track, aren't they? So. Yeah, yeah. I think but that's I, fair to I say. genuinely reckon that if it, if it wasn't the first lap, Max would have a five-second penalty. Yeah. Um, okay, then. Well, that's just the first lap. <laughs> And it was insane. It was a great first lap. Very action-packed. There was a spin. The McLarens are going for it. But I think from that point on, it kind of just started to go down, didn't it? Like the race looked really good start. And we were like, wow, this looks really good. And then very slowly, it kind of just all fell into order. Very quickly, the Red Bull and the Mercedes, they got past Sainz. They got back into um, first, second and third, respectively. Sainz just kept falling down. And then on lap 18... Uh, I think the next major thing happened. Um, Lando in P7 now. Uh, Stroll was in P8. He'd come from a quite low qualifying up to P8. Um, they were going into the first corner and we saw, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later on, DRS in that first straight down to the first corner, really powerful this weekend. Uh, and we saw him coming down to the first corner. Lance made a weird little move onto the curb on the outside. Lando went on the inside. It was just all very messy. Bang, going into it. Um, Lando ended up losing his front wing. Lance ended up spinning the wrong way. <sighs> Ultimately, um, it ruined both their race. I think that's fair to say. Lando had to pit for a new wing. Lance ended up getting a five-second penalty and ended up retiring from it as well. Uh, but it's the penalty I want to touch on right now. Do you think that the penalty was fair there? Do we think Lance deserved to get the penalty for hitting Stroll? Uh, sorry. Do you think Stroll deserved the penalty for hitting La uh, Lando? Um, what, what do you think? We'll go to you first, Reese. What do you think? Um, well, it it uh, I tweeted, okay, which is what I'm trying to find. Mm -hmm. um, the exact words on the, at the F1 review plug. It's somewhere there above me head. Um, I tweeted saying, if Lando gets a penalty, we riot. And I feel like that, that sums up sums up my feeling to that because it seemed like both both were being investigated mm -hmm. because they thought it was 50-50 and one of them deserves the penalty. Yeah. Lando definitely didn't deserve that penalty. I think 
it was very, very harsh on Stroll. However, it took two top ten, two consistent top ten finishers back back to being, I think Lando what finished 14th, 13th, something like that. Yeah. You know, it took two, two of the top ten Stroll retired from the race. So I, I feel like, I feel sorry for Lando, but if it was a racing incident, it, it, they both got what they deserved, kind of. And I will add, Lance got did get the five-second penalty for that. He then also ended up getting another five seconds for track limits, which yes. was another thing this yes, weekend. Yes. So he ended up with 10-second penalty and then retired. Um, so, Ruth, what do you think? Do you think the five first five-second penalty should have been given to Lance, yes or no? I think it's hard when you watch back to see who is indefinitely at fault mm. well the thing because... is me and you were yelling at the tv like i was sat there you were sat there and we were yelling at the tv i was shouting that's a penalty get like get that's lance's fault get lance and you were like that's norris norris did this yeah you know? because it's so hard to judge it when you when you see it straight away everyone's always going to have divided opinions and whether you like one team more or not obviously every person has their own biases bias, but yeah but with one like that it's it was so hard to see who was actually at fault so i don't know whether it was harsh that both of them didn't get a penalty yeah and that just one of them got a penalty um uh, i'll add it's to hard that to say. i'll add to that saying what made it even harder to know is they never showed landos on board hmm. they showed strolls they showed landos rear wing and they showed an external camera that was a bit obscured by the accident from stroll's car they didn't ever show what Lando saw in front of him. And I think that would have changed it a lot. If Lando could see a gap and was going for that and then Stroll cut it off, that's a different story to if Lando tried to squeeze a gap that Stroll had and wasn't there. Yeah. We never saw that. What, I agree. What I think that shot... Sorry. I had my hand up. Like <laughs> uh, what corner was it on? It was on turn one. Turn one. Yeah. So this is this is the same thing as the DRS, like the DRS zone, which we are going to talk about later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it just goes to show how unpredictable... Because because the DRS... Can we push it forward to now? Or do you have a nice segue into the I've DRS? I've got one piece I want to talk about before we get onto that. Okay. So, yeah. I, I was just going to say it shows how unpredictable that turn one was because of DRS. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll it was. Get well, piece the thing I wanted to talk about, about that as well is the reason I think it is a bit harsh on, on Lance, actually. Um, it, w- it was a rough incident, and I think someone should have been put at blame for it. But at the same time, he was trying to make the move. Lando was on the inside and people would say Lando could have backed out of it. But that's racing. You're not going to back mm. out. And I think it's very similar to actually an incident which also involves Stroll in, in FP2 that we alluded to earlier with Verstappen. And I think this is where, for me, I think it's a bit harsh because in that practice incident, granted, yes, it was practice, not the race. Max was on the inside, Lando on the out, uh, Lance, Lance on the inside. They both have very similar names. It's very confusing for this segment. Lance on the outside, Max on the inside. Yeah. Big old smushy Rooney. People were saying Max is at fault for that. But then there was no penalty for it because the stewards deemed that they were both at fault for it. Uh, again, it's in the race, it's different circumstances. It's hard to draw comparisons. But personally, for me, I think that it shouldn't have been a penalty. I think I, they should have just said racing incident. I think that Lando throughout the race was driving very defensive. Yeah. Because he knew that he got up to a good position. He was P4. He didn't want to drop anything. No. So from that point on, from literally lap four, three or four on, 
just defensive driving. Yeah. And he was, you could see him, as uh, Martin said, he made his car three metres wide, not two metres, because mm. you could see him going down to this turn one. He, he was giving it a little nudge, you know, some would argue under braking, because he was giving it a late nudge to make it being like, look, you can't get past me, I'm yeah. bigger. However, it, it was one of those things that if Stroll didn't take that opportunity, he would have never took that opportunity. No, I don't think, yeah. So, yeah. I think you're right in that Norris's front camera would have changed everyone's opinion on that because I think Definitely. from there you, it would have been much clearer who was at fault. Yeah. Um, maybe the stewards had that and that's why they um, deemed it Stroll's fault. Norris said after that he doesn't want to go near Stroll again. Oh, really? Because Stroll has all of these accidents, all of these incidents, and he never learns from it. It's true. So after the race he said that he plans just to stay away from him next time mm. and not even not even fight for the for the position really another thing that norris did as well was on his radio after the race he apologized for the comments that he made for when stroll took him out because yeah I the like whole that. the whole of the, uh, the the whole of his team radio was just one big bleep yeah. essentially <laughs> so it, it, it was nice to see him be like look that was in the heat of the moment i'm sorry however you could argue, like, I mean, it was good he did it, but you could argue that the only reason he did do it was because Max came up under a lot of scrutiny. Maybe. I think I think it's fair to say to uh, Lando there that that is really good sportsmanship, to oh, be honest. 100%. And I think I need to tip my hat to him for, for being, to having the guts to go and say something and then apologise for it and saying, look, it was racing, it's, it's under the heat at the moment. Honestly, I, not many drivers would do that. Mm-hmm. Many drivers, when they say something, they stick by it kind of thing. So very... I will say, good job to Lando for kind of going back in. I think that helps. It's his character, isn't it? He is that kind yeah, of yeah. nice guy. He doesn't want to be painted as a mean, swearing on the radio kind of bloke like Max. Um, so, yeah. Well, it's surprising when you hear a radio message from him that is mainly just like, beep, beep. Exactly. Like in, um, in the other race, he was getting told, I don't know which race it is, that's why I've announced the other race. Mm. Uh, he was getting told about black and white flags. It was the, the last one that we had an issue with track limits because Portugal was an issue with track limits. Um, someone came on his radio and they were like, "Look, you've uh, you've exceeded track limits. You got given the black and white flag." And he was just like, "Beep off," sort of thing. He yeah. was like, "Stop talking to me. I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to race." And it yeah. was the first. Like, I looked at you. I was like, "Jeez, like you know what I mean?" Like Lando's not normally like that. He's, nah. he's stressed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, my last point on that, and we'll, we'll use this kind of roundup point. Um, I think it was tough for Stroll because he had that spin as well. He was already at the back. He was already struggling. A five-second penalty didn't make much difference to that. But at the same time, it made the difference for Lando because then he wouldn't fall to last. But I don't know. Um, anyway. It, was it not Perez that had the spin, not Stroll? Sorry to... Stroll spun in that incident with he Lando. He went off the track and then had to re Oh, with Lando. Yeah, that incident right, he spun out. That's sorry, I thought you meant the first incident. That was Perez, point. yeah. But yeah, Stroll yeah. also had, the, sorry, yeah, had that spin. Um, right. Now, instead of Keeble's Corner this week, and I'm getting on to your point here, instead of Keeble's Corner this week, I think we need to look at Keeble's DRS zone. Yes. Um, because the, the, that DRS section down that main straight was so strong this weekend. And I think pretty much almost every overtake that wasn't either on the first, second or third lap or in the pit lane happened on that straight. I made a sacrifice this week for Keeble's Corner. Keeble's Corner. You got for... rid of it for Keeble's main straight. You could do a Keeble's Corner as well. You got a corner? Turn one. Turn one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for putting me on the spot, but turn one. Um, well, go on. Talk a bit about that straight. What what happened there? What what was the was it being too long? So, what was the problem? 
the issue with the DRS zone on the main straight, the, the pit straight, is that it was way too long. Whoever they sent out with the tape measure got it got it wrong. Because <laughs> that's how so they do it. So wrong. That's how they do it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tape you measure. get yeah. Brian from mm-hmm. accounting, because he does nothing else on the weekends, right. comes down with a tape measure, his mate Boris, they're just both holding it, and Sarah's there as well taking the numbers. Um, it, it was, yeah. Boris Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's gone out better today. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he um, essentially what's happened is every time we saw a car in DRS zone, it could be 0.9 seconds. We were like overtake. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was easy. The second you get into DRS zone, sorry, the millisecond you get into DRS zone, that's how tight it is. Um, it's an overtake. We we were watching things when I was like, I was there. I was like, he's done it. He's done it. And he's done it. And because you're like, oh, because you know racing better, Tom. You're like, oh no, he hasn't. He, he can't do that now. He's, he's like halfway down the pit straight. Yeah. He's easily done it. I think Martin said on commentary, if it was 100 meters shorter, it'd be much more. It'd be much closer, and it'd be much yeah. more fighting Exciting. for it in yeah, the yeah. corner, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? What, what, how do you think it was? Do you think it needs? It was okay or what? I I do agree. I think it was just way too long. Mm. I think there was a um, a little tussle between Gasly. And another driver, but I'm not 100% sure who that driver was. And it was on the straight, and he was really far back at the start of the straight, and he just got so close and then managed to overtake after. Mm. But it's because he made up so much time on that DRSO. Well, they, so, said, they said something like you, you gain 80 kilometres an hour when you're on that, when you've got DRS. Yeah. So if you think that the car in front of you, let's, let's say hypothetically it's going 220, the car behind you is now going 300. Mm. And when it's when it's that bit longer than it was, you know, I'm not saying that it was bad because it made the race really fun to watch. Mm. You knew that everyone was pushing for that DRS zone. The only problem was the the overtakes, like you just said, were happening on the main straight. Yeah. You didn't see anyone lunge into a turn nine. You know what I mean? They were yeah. waiting. They were like, oh, I'm not 0.5 behind. I'll just wait. Main straight, easy. Yeah. I think there was even one instance where someone was looking at an overtake and then decided not it to was, do it. Yeah, it was, um, I think it was Norris. Yeah. Because I was saying, go on Norris, do it, do it, do it. And then he didn't. I was like, he's waiting for the main straight. Yeah. Like, it, like, he was easy to just follow him for, for, the, for the last like three or four corners. Yeah. I think there was a couple of nice overtakes as well from corner five to corner seven where it goes around and then comes back yeah. on itself. Um, I'm not... It might have been Norris again there, actually. But there was a, a few really nice ones there. Well, I've got that here. Yeah, there was a few good... It was kind of proper wheel-to-wheel racing for a few corners. It happened with, from what I saw, Kimi and Sainz had a good bang, uh, bit of wheel-to-wheel uh, and Perez and Ocon. Yes. And I think it was through those... It was kind of... You got the bit down the straight and then they just sort of went side-by-side side into the first corner and, and just continued for the yeah, next yeah. six corners like so, it was really interesting to watch an interesting thing about the uh, Perez and Ocon one is that Ocon put out on his Instagram uh, I'm the social media expert by the way <laughs> uh, he put out on his Instagram saying oh, um, nice racing you against Sergio and Sergio replied being like um, no it was Ocon, um, Sergio part saying nice racing you again and Ocon replied saying you won this time brother or something like that oh, it was, it was nice, nice to see that little rivalry yeah. Like kind of kind of there, not there, friendship, you know what I mean? I've got your title. Producer Ruth, social media correspondent Reese. <laughs> I'm not on it enough. I just <laughs> I just see stuff that people put on Twitter. But yeah, I thought I thought those little battles were really good. And I've got it here. Um I was saying it all weekend, but and you know, and I'll say it again now. 
the hills and the ups and downs and the, the adulation and things in this track i loved it it was mm. great it made it made it look a a lot faster racing i thought when they're going down the hill and going up the hill it looked way faster um i just really enjoyed it. i thought it made the racing look really good and i can't say personally i've ever heard of portamau as a circuit before this season but bring it back well, next said, year it was great you said it was a test circuit didn't you they, in 2009 they did, they did yeah. the testing there in 2009 instead of barcelona yeah um I'm surprised they didn't keep it. Like, I'm surprised they weren't like, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. The thing um, that got my full attention on it was when we were waiting for Drain Gate to finish <laughs> and uh, Sky Sports were like, oh, how do we feel this time? Um, they put in an interview with, uh, well, an interview kind of thing. It was uh, Lando on the Skypad with yeah. Anthony. And Lando was like, you don't realise how hilly it is until you're there. He said that he can go over, I think it was the main straight, he can go over the last corner into the main straight and not see the start-finish line. And he said that he sat that far down that it just surprises him when he comes back down. Like, he doesn't realise when the track's dipping and stuff like that. He also gave the great analogy as well, that when you're going over the hills and stuff in this track, it feels like, you know when, you, when you're driving in a road car and you yes. go over a railway bridge and you feel it in your stomach, you feel like the whoa the kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. a very steep bridge. He said that's just how it feels driving around. Like, can you imagine that whilst he, he you're said, driving? He said it feels like that, but ten times worse. Yeah, yeah. I think he said. <laughs> so controlling an f1 car while while you feel a little bit sick i used to make my granddad slow down and go like 10 mile an hour because <laughs> it used to freak me out didn't like it credit definitely. to credit to the drivers definitely um is there anything else any of you guys want to touch upon upon the actual from the actual race because i think I've, i really want I'm out to, of notes. to touch on um alex albon oh okay here we go because there's been a lot of speculation after that race that he is toast mm. and yeah, he's gone we let the um red bull fan plan this week's podcast <laughs> and notice how nothing about the second driver appeared in his notes a lot of people have said that um the drive that he had this weekend is very reminiscent of gasly's drive just before he was replaced yeah i think i said so, that in the race so, today so last Chris, time f1 drive was lapped by their teammate at red bull they got replaced it was replaced by Alban. Christian did an interview where he said um, Gasly's got about two or three weeks to prove himself. So I think the seat's Albon. his. He said, uh, Albon, sorry. <laughs> that, that's because that's of you. Um, <laughs> he said that Albon's got two or three weeks to prove himself. The seat's his. He just needs to show that he wants to keep it. And it was, a, it was a cracking display by Lewis. Like, Hamilton did an amazing display. However, the second he got overtook by Hamilton, that was it. He, he's... I've, I'll be really, really surprised if he's there next year. And I feel sorry for yeah. the lad because I like I like him. I really, really like him. It, for me, it wasn't even being overtaken by Hamilton. It was being overtaken by Verstappen. The car lapping itself. Verstappen yeah. lapped Albon. I mean, it was... I like the guy. And I said, when he came into the team, I was really excited for him because I thought, you know, it's fresh blood. He's going to be really good. He's, he's, he, did, he was great to watch in that Alpha Tauri. His first race he came in at Spa, I remember him racing Daniel Ricciardo around Spa in that Red Bull. He looked really good. And I think he is a great driver. But the problem is he's not coming through and showing it enough in the race. He needs to be getting those fourth places. He needs to be getting those podiums when they're coming. He got one, which was great for him, but he didn't continue it was, that fall. The, the podium that he got wasn't 
a podium, wasn't it? It was. Um, well, it was a podium, obviously, mm. but it wasn't with the big two, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. was it? it was. Yeah, I thought it was one of those races where we have a weird one. I think where, it was a race you know, where no, Verstappen no. had gone out. Actually, uh, right? yeah, it was. Um, it was a couple of races ago. I can't remember exactly which one it is. Find out. That's what producer Ruth's here for. She she does the googling mid show, um, but he got the podium, and I'm pretty sure it was a deserved podium. He did a good job to get it, and mm. I it was, was at the Tuscan. Tuscan. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, it was um, when Verstappen was taken out in the first first yeah, yeah. Uh, couple of corners. I I really liked the guy, and I was really hoping that would be it for him, and he'd be kind of on it from there. But he just hasn't continued the form, and like in that interview talking about before, Christian kind of said he needs to be. We need two cars to be fighting at the front to even try for constructors. You need to be able to have the strategic advantage. That's hard to say. The strategic advantage to take today's Mercedes. Do you want another they, shot at it? Or are you I've that? got it that time. All right, okay. They need to be able to take it to the Mercedes so that they can throw one car in front of the other to slow them down to get the other one catch up. All that yeah. kind of stuff. And they can't do that with one car. And he even said that um, if, if it doesn't work out for him, which I don't think it's going to, he's kind of got to Turkey to prove that, I think. They said they're going to look outside the driver programme. See, this is really interesting because yeah. um, they, they tried Gasly, didn't work. They tried Albon, didn't work. Two drivers who should realistically know that car mm. because they're in the Red Bull drivers programme. I'm worried that, I mean, like I, th- I feel like you said it, Tom, that the person who's tipped is Hulkenberg at the minute, like mm-hmm. Bucky's favourite's Hulkenberg, which yeah, yeah. put a smile on your face then, Ruth. <laughs> um, he's tipped to be in it. Them two have been in the driver's programme, Gasly and Albon. They should know that car inside out. If Hulkenberg comes into the car mm. and then absolutely poos the bed, <laughs> you know what I mean? I had to think about that one then. Absolutely poos the bed with it. What's <laughs> happening? You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree 100%. It's... Uh, if it is Hulkenberg, I'm excited because I think Hulkenberg will be really interesting to see in that car. I think he's got bags of talent that we haven't seen this season apart from his few little attempts in the uh, pink Mercedes. I can't remember what it's called, the Racing Point. A few good bits we've seen from him, um, but not enough to know exactly how he'd do in a front-running car. I mean, he's been in F1 for yonks, it feels now. This is the first season we probably had without him. And every season he's been great. Every season someone said, I want him to get a podium. He's never done it. it he wouldn't be able to do it in the Red Bull. But at the same time, I want to see Arbon stay there. He is a Red Bull lad. And also, I'd like to say, him saying, um, Christian saying that we're going to be looking out the, outside the programme. I feel bad for Gasly in that instance because... Any shot of him coming back to that first team has just been slammed in his face but, with that. See, you've used the, the phrase first team there. Red Bull have been very insistent on the phrase sister, sister team. Yeah. So I feel like they've been using the frame sister team so that they didn't have to promote Gasly again. I feel like that phrase came in there when they demoted Gasly and they were like, well, you say demoted. Is it technically not a demotion now? It's a sister team. Yeah. I feel like that phrase definitely came in there once Gasly got moved back down and they were like, oh no, he's not been demoted. He's in the sister team that just doesn't do very well. I think um, Gasly is the perfect fit for AlphaTauri though. I agree. And I think he's definitely the driver the lead driver of that team. I hate saying lead driver because I don't think there should be only one driver who always wins for the team, but I think comparing him and Kvyat, 
Well, you it's said it's not very. You said in that race, you said you feel like Kvyat's the most forgettable driver there. I have to say, I feel really sorry for him, but I never remember him after a race. Mm. I never remember anything he's done in the race either, and I'm never watching him in the race. He's never on screen because there's just nothing there. He just falls to the back, and it's just mm. it's a shame. He was good. So when when I first started watching, and he was that reckless one, he was putting into every corner. You know what I mean? I enjoyed that because you, if I was a betting man, I'd be like, oh, three races this season, Kvyat's going to crash out. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's like this year, he's calmed down and he's not making those reckless moves and he, he looks pretty contempt in finishing maybe with one point. You know what I mean? If he finishes a race with one point, I feel like they're like, that's a result. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. They should. I, I reckon Gasly and Albon in that, in, in that Turo Rosso. Turo Rosso? Alpha Tauri. Alpha Tauri. What, what's Turo Rosso from? That's what it was last that year. That's what it was called. Was it? Yeah. Come on, you know that. I'm, I'm very <laughs> tired. It's late at night. In the Alpha Tauri, um, Kvyat and... Um... Gasly? Gasly? Can we redo this? Is right, this live? slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> One take, I'm, here I'm we go. I'm not computing. <laughs> In that Alpha Tauri, yes. Gasly and Albon would be a perfect pairing. I agree. I, I feel thank, like there's too thank much you rivalry. For... Between the two of them, not even necessarily yeah. from the two of them, but just because they've been pitted against each other so much this season, even by Red Bull, just wanting Albon to overtake because he's in the better Red Bull. Let me pitch a problem to you both then. This isn't in the script. I'm going off script for this one. Okay, here we go. Strap yourself This in. is a problem I think Franz tosses in at the moment. Team principal of AlphaTauri. He's got this young kid Yuki Tsunoda who's just done a seat fit at AlphaTauri I don't know if you guys saw that on their Instagram he went and did a seat fit at that team and I think he's going to do a test for that team in a few weeks um, in one of their older cars he's very much looking like he could be an AlphaTauri driver next year or in the near future and I think he is currently tipped next year to replace Kvyat that's assuming though Albon stays at Red Bull so if you're Franz Tost, and you've got this hot young prospect coming up who is very familiar with Honda Power, and obviously they've only got Honda Power for next year, but he's very familiar with it. Well, you say that, but they are tipped to buy the engine. Exactly, they could continue with it yeah, yeah. without the Honda badge, mate. Exactly. Yeah. So it could be Red Bull, Red Bull Energy. They could call it. Oh, that's not a bad one. Hey, I'll send that to Christian. Christian. Yeah, Christian, you want it? Call me. So here's your problem. Your Franz Tost, Christian's been on the phone. He said Alex is going. Do you want him back? You've got to make the decision whether you have... Who's your driver lineup for next year? Is you, it Albon and Yuki Tsunoda? Is it Albon and Gasly? Or is it Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda? Do you think Tsunoda? it's a... Or Kvyat? Do you think it's a... Do you want him back? Or do you think it's a... You're having him back? I think this, it's his decision whether or not he has him back. Do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like it's kind of not. I mean, it depends on the future that Red Bull sees. Mm. Who they think is going to be in that Red Bull uh, after Max, essentially. Well, yeah. However... It would be sad to see Albon completely go, which is why I'm thinking force him in, back into the uh, into the AlphaTauri. However, it's it's one of those things where you got to give a kid a chance. You know what I mean? And Albon's had his chance, yeah. so it's time for the next in line. Well, exactly. So this this you've got this hot young prospect in Yuki Tsunoda. All the other teams getting hot young prospects in. You got Schumacher. You got. I lot, all them lot are buzzing to get into a Ferrari seat now. Do you also throw one in? Or have they, have, do they go, right, we've got Albon, we've got Gasly, 
We've got Verstappen. He's still a young talent, even though he's been in for six years now. He's only 22. You could argue that Albon can have a lawsuit as well. On the, on like he could he could just be like I'm suing you because Gasly performed worse than him in this Red Bull mm. and then got his seat back at Tua Rosso. Well, Alpha Tauri. Do Alpha Tauri <laughs> sat Gasly and take Albon and Snowder? No, because Gasly's performed too well. I think with F1, a lot of the times. I'm saying this as a a general thing, not just for, you know, Red Bull or Tori Rosso. There's a lot of old drivers. Oh yeah, Alphatari. That's so funny that I did that. You didn't realise you did it. We're both we're both off our game today, Ruth. We're on the same (laughs) side. It's the new settle. Um yeah, with all of the teams, I feel like they get so attached to one driver who isn't even necessarily good for the team. Mm. They just look good in a car. Like a Grosjean at Haas kind of thing. Don't get me started on the Haas because we'll be here for another hour. I'll tell you what, we I think, talk about that, but go yeah, on. Yeah. I think it's um, similar to how Raikkonen is still in at, in the Alfa Romeo at the mm. moment. He's a great driver. He was a great driver. He's been there for so long. He's breaking so many records. But is he a driver that consistently goes above and beyond and does more for the team than the next driver could yes and i have to say i don't think he does i'd argue yes this i is, don't this believe is a, he this does. is a firm case of me and Ruth disagreeing again because the name value he's a world champion they've got him in a alfa romeo okay he's still driving around the track he is still the Kimi raikkonen like people like we, we me and tom were talking about this the other day obviously not recorded uh we were saying that he could like he's essentially you all right there? Sorry, Just I had to move in, the microphone. Over. I, I was thinking that you had to move that a while ago. What do you want to say out? Well, when it started touching my stomach, I thought, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. time to move it. I thought it's nowhere near my lips. Um, the, the thing... Sounds like a good bit there. There we go. Yeah, it's, I'm uh, ready. slowly going down. Apologies. I'm ready. Yeah, sorry, One sorry, take. sorry, sorry, audio listeners. They One take, those, here we go. <laughs> Just so. a, te- a technical issue for all you viewers and, and listeners. Yeah. I'd argue that Kimmy does bring something to that team in name value and money value. He attracts sponsors. He's a former world champion. Um, if I were Alpha Tauri, I'd try and keep him as long as possible. We had the yeah. argument about, oh, well, uh, Alpha Romeo. Stop having teams name the same thing. That's the issue here. Um, we, we, you, you got young and, young and upcomers coming in. Like we, we, we argued about whether Schumacher should come into that uh, Alpha Romeo role. How it, well, hold that You're thought. pausing me. Hold that You're pausing thought. me, but I'm just saying that Kimmy is Go very on. good at bringing in the revenue, bringing in the... You have people paying for the VIP package at races with Alfa Romeo so that they Kimi. can meet Kimmy Raikkonen. Well, also, and I agree, I also, we've got our caps out here. How many Alfa Romeo fans do you think have bought Kimmy Raikkonen caps? Oh, hundreds, Kimi thousands. Kimmy Raikkonen shirts, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine I, that. I agree with name value of a person. However... There's so many different routes that you could go. You could still have Raikkonen as a face at Alfa Romeo without being the driver of a car. As I like just a think, driver trainer or something like that. I just think that Pitwall. it's a shame when we have the same driver in a car who isn't doing as well as someone else who could be in that car and they're just there because they were a world champion. Yeah. He's not going to be a world champion again. No. He, he's not going to in that Alfa no, Romeo. No driver will be a world champion in that Alfa Romeo, though. It's true. 
But <laughs> you can get a kid in there like Schumacher to show that he's got it, what it takes to be a world champion for Ferrari. Let's yeah. put the gamble on I have to world champion. disagree in a sense because Williams were once world champions. Yeah, but then it, it's, not, it's not the same as the Williams. I think my issue with that is it's just any team could be a world champion. I think we just have the same driver in a car over and over again. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to do anything amazing for the team. There's so many of the drivers who yeah. we probably won't get a chance to see in those cars because we're having Raikkonen or... I mean, my, my last point on this, though, I reckon if the Alpha was competitive, and Kimmy's just showed it in this last race, if that Alpha was competitive... He left Giovinazzi in his dust from the start. If that Alpha was competitive and could stay up with the top six... Kimi would be the one from that team right now getting the podiums, getting the victories. Like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Giovinazzi, and he's he's the youth, he's the up and comer for for them. Right. Well, here's my last question. Then this is what I'm just going to serve it on a platter, and I want to hear what you want to say. Obviously, we've had the news this weekend, and I forgot to even mention it at the start. We've had the news this weekend that Haas abandoning Grosjean and Magnussen. They sent them both away. They don't want them for next season. So I'm just going to put this to you now. I want to know who you think will be at Haas next year. Who you think will be at Alpha Tauri next year, and who you think will be at Alpha Romeo next year? Um, it's a difficult one because I'm not. I don't watch F2, so I don't know who the new up and comers are. Um, Schumacher's going to get a seat anywhere, and that kind of annoys me. That is more of a. I mean, he does look like he's going to win the world championship this year. However, last year he finished something like 12th, 13th. Which surprised you because I was only like you know about that information. Um, smart race. I think it was How, seventh in the end. He finished last year. Yeah, but he, he wasn't looking good for the for the majority of the the season. Yeah. Um, he's definitely someone who's going to come in on name value alone, which is the argument again with Kimi. If you've got Schumacher in your car, you know you can you can keep a Raikkonen. You know, however, um, I don't think Giovinazzi should keep his seat. I don't think. I would argue that Kimi can keep his seat however long he wants to. I personally don't think he should keep it. I think this should be the last season for Kimi. I think there should be two opens at Alfa Romeo, two opens at Haas, and just get 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 whoever in there. You pick you pick two new up and comers. Get him in there. Give me two names then. I don't know. I don't know any from F two. I I genuinely can't tell you. Okay. I know that um that Calumilot is it Calumilot. Mm-hmm. I know that he's gonna progress into F one. There's been a lot talked about him. I know that um Schumacher is definitely gonna come up this season. That's all I know. Okay, so Sonoda, Gasly, Albon, what do you think is going to happen there? Um, Go for youth or stick with the two drivers that are already there? I hope that, right, I hope that Kvyat leaves. I want Albon to go alongside Gasly because I feel like they'll be a very good partnership. And I want Hulkenberg in the F1 or Perez in, uh, in the F1, in the Red Bull or Perez in the uh, in the Red Bull. Mm-hmm. I I don't mind which one it is. I know that producer Ruth wants it to be Hulkenberg. I wouldn't mind seeing Hulkenberg back in an F1 car if uh, because Perez is going to go back to Williams apparently. Yeah. That that's the thing that's been rumored there. He's going to go back to Williams replace George. This leaves George out of a seat. George should be in that uh, Mercedes replacing Bottas. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean like like there is so much going on with silly season at the minute it is unbelievable if George loses his seat it's going to be the biggest disappointment I think I've ever felt while watching this sport George deserves that seat so much like he really really deserves that seat yeah. so there is no way that he should be losing it to Perez right Ruth Haas Alfa Romeo Alfa what do you think 
Alpha Tauri. I'm one hundred percent certain that Gasly will be there. No doubt, it will be Gasly. I think maybe next to him. I I can't see Hulkenberg going there. I see Hulkenberg going to Red Bull mm-hmm. with Verstappen, and I don't see Albon getting a seat. So you think it will be Gasly and Sonoda in that seat next in that team next year? Yeah, I do think they'll bring they'll bring a new driver in. I don't think they'll bring Albon so you, into that car. You think Albon's just going to be left out to the wind? Where do you I see could Albon see Albon going? possibly a seat at Haas. Or do you think he'll but, finally pick up that Formula E seat that he turned down see, two years ago? But I hope that if he doesn't get a seat anywhere, he does take that Formula E seat. Mm. Because he's not a bad driver, he just doesn't perform well enough with the drivers around him. Okay. If you were Which Formula E right now, would you be in R1's ear being like, come to us? You know what I mean? Because he is he is name value at the minute. I mean, it might just be name value for me because I watch F1, but I know that a lot more people watch F1 than they do to watch Formula E. So if you get if you get a guy who was in one of the top three teams to jump across, like, like we ain't talked about this much before, but what if Kimi decides to be like, I'm done with F1, Formula E. You, you know what I mean? Like, they've offered me three million a race. Mm. You know, like, Formula E could, could be the, the place for drivers who aren't really succeeding as well as they should be in F1. Yeah, definitely could. So what do you think? Haas, Alfa Romeo? Haas, I think they'll get two new drivers. I don't think you, they'll... F2 drivers? Mazepin and Schumacher? Something like that? Yeah, possibly. Or they will bring two drivers who were previously in F1 who are not in F1 at the moment. Interesting. Alfa Romeo, I think, will have two new drivers. Okay. I don't think they'll keep Raikkonen. They possibly could for, you know, obviously, like you were saying... I was just playing devil's advocate, to be honest. Yeah, for name value and thing. But if I was having to decide between Raikkonen and a driver who I thought had the potential to become an, a new world champion, I would take someone who is going to do that in the future rather than someone who has done that in the past but is not going to do that look, for my team. Look at it this way, though. The the future world champion probably won't be a future world champion in Alfa Romeo. The probability of that happening I, is literally slim to none. I, I think with the new regulations and things that could mix up i think that f1 will be really mixed up and i think teams that were previously not very good example Haas williams will excel and will be able to move forward and start competing much better than they can at the moment so i think i don't know i think with the newer driver at alfa romeo and the regulations and things like that it could change everything for them, or it could change nothing. Yeah, it's just I, a case of waiting and finding out. I right? completely agree that teams aren't going to have to just think now about new regulations. Look at that as a new clean slate. Who are we going to have in our car to do that? For me, Avatari is going to be Gasly and Albon. I'd love to see Sonoda in that car. I don't think there's going to be room for him, especially if they're rigging in Hulkenberg. Red Bull, that they're going outside the program. If I asked Sonoda, I'd leave the program because for me, as soon as they're outsourcing. I'm not going through. It's mm. like a Renault. If I'm a Renault young driver at the moment, I'm not going there. 
Could you see Ricardo and Ocon from outside their program? What's the so, point of being? I know he's in the. Outside the I know he's in the program, but could you see? So you know, we should point this out. You know, F two significantly better than me and Ruth. Mm-hmm. Could you see him reaching out to a Haas to try and get a seat for next season? Can maybe. he do that under contract? Because he's under contract now with Red Bull, essentially. Yeah, maybe. Is he allowed to do that? That's what I'm saying. If I was him, I'd leave and look for something like that because I don't think there's going to be a Red Bull seat coming up anytime soon. Okay. Um, at Haas, I think it'll be Schumacher and Mazepin. I think they're going to go for a completely youth lineup. Like you say, Haas don't want to be a midfield team. Gene Haas has dedicated that team now to 2025. And he's the kind of guy that wants to win. We've seen it in, in all the other sports he's competed in, NASCAR, IndyCar, whatever. He wants to win. And I think he's going to really try and take advantage of these regulation changes. He wants to get two young, hot prospects in with Ferrari backing and money backing in Mazepin's case. And then with Mazepin as well, if it doesn't work out, Mazepin, Mazepin's dad will buy the team off him and he'll be fine. <laughs> that's honest, 100%, I think that's what, what it will plan to do. Okay. Um, and for Alfa Romeo? Alfa Romeo, I'd love to see Eilat and Schwartzman there, the other two Ferrari youth. I don't think they will. Um, I think Kimi will stay for at least another season. He just doesn't look like he's ready to retire. I've said it before, I think he might, because I think he doesn't want to be fighting at the back. At the same time, I think he just loves racing. Do you know what the issue is with Kimi? Mm. Is, is the fact that the longer he stays in that seat, the more records he's breaking for yeah. like lap time, uh, not lap times, the amount of miles he's set on a lap, the amount of, you know what I mean? Not on a lap, but in a, like in a, in a career, the amount mm. of the miles he's set in a career, the amount of, um, what was it, races that he started and stuff like that. The more he stays in that seat, the more records he's going to break, meaning the more that Alpha's going to want to keep him because they're like, oh, look, record breaker. Kimi doesn't care about that, though. I know that Kimi doesn't, but the team will. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll be Kimi... Either they'll keep Giovinazzi because, I mean, he's, he's doing all right. He got them a point, didn't he? Um, <laughs> or they'll bring in an Eilat or a Schwartzman. I can't see anyone else going to that seat. I think it'll be Kimi and one of those three next to him. But I don't know. We'll have to find out. Right. That was a long talk. I'm looking forward to the blooming season review at the end of the season where we actually know who's going where because that'll be very interesting. Um, but next week, we'll talk about the race that we're going to be looking at next weekend. Um, we're going back to a circuit that F1 hasn't been to for about 14 years. It's obviously Imola. Very historic, very good um, circuit. It's our third race in Italy this season, and I, I could not be more excited about that. Going off the last two Italian races we had at Tuscany and Monza, they were mental. Um, I think it'll be really good. I want to hear what you guys think. So do you, what do you think we'll see this weekend? Do you think we'll get fireworks in Italy again, or do you think it'll be dull? What do you think? Uh, Imola, Ruth. I think it'll be a really exciting race. Quali, I think will be very interesting and I think Red Bull won't be at the top but I also don't think Mercedes will either I think maybe we'll see a racing point and then maybe two Renaults I love your predictions I love your <laughs> predictions you're always so out there a racing point and two Renaults in qualifying what, what's happening I to McLaren <laughs> what's happening to McLaren I think the Renaults are doing really really well and I think Imola could be a good race could for them. Could be their, their secret circuit. It could be their <laughs> secret circuit. Um, but in the actual race, I think it'll be 
an interesting first couple of laps and there'll be a couple of interesting battles between some people but unfortunately to say it I think it will be a Hamilton Bottas and probably Verstappen just quick how many red flags we've had three red flags this season all from Italian races (laughs) what do you reckon how many red flags one. You think that'll I'm be gonna, a red flag? I'm going to go okay. with one. Okay, interesting. Right, Reese, quality top three, race top three, and your red flag prediction, Can I just please? go back to this last race? <laughs> First race in a while, we haven't had a safety car or a virtual safety car. It's true. Just putting that out there. Mm. Um, anyways, for this next Italian race, um, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen, in the race, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. And your red flag prediction? Uh, none. I reckon that they're going to do no safety car, no red flag, uh, no 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 uh, virtual safety car. I don't think there's going to be an Italy. that big. Yeah, but it can be wherever it is. It, like, it, I like these old circuits because they're throwing up, they're throwing a lot of spanners in the works, and I'm really really liking it. I hope there is one because it makes it so interesting on the restart. However, I I reckon it's just going to be another Hamilton. He's he's a minute and a half ahead. He's laps half the field. He's won it. Well, I think it's going to be an absolute nutty race. I think it's going to be a great race. I think Italy's going to continue being the powerhouse of the sport this season. We've got three races there. All three of them are going to be absolutely insane. I think qualifying will be quite tame. I think we'll see Bottas pole, Hamilton second, Verstappen third. Even after this week? Even after this week. I think Bottas is with a... He's coming at it with a vengeance now. He's sick of being beaten by Hamilton. Uh, But in the race, I think... I mean, what? So we, we've seen a Gasly win in the Italian Grand Prix. We saw the whole crash in an album podium at the other Grand Prix. This one, I think, we'll see... Cavill? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we'll see uh, McLaren on the podium. I'm not sure which one. I think we'll see a McLaren in third, Rebel second, Schnappen second, Hamilton first. But I think there'll be a, I think there'll be a, McLaren, a McLaren twist in there. Mm. I like that prediction. That's what I think. Anyway, right then. I think that is about it for our first episode back together. How's this felt? It's been nice, hasn't it? Actually just very nice. making eye contact for once and being able to see one another. Something so fresh about that. Uh, um, we should say, if you want to follow the race live with us, because we do tweet live, mm-hmm. it's there or there or wherever you've put you it. Just put in that on me um, in post-production. It's probably... Yeah, it's... There? Somewhere. Uh, it's at the it's F- going to move it's, every time you tweet yeah, somewhere. There, 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 <laughs> there, 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 there. It's at the F1 Review. Uh, make sure you go check us out on Twitter. Definitely. We only post on Twitter because it's the superior platform for social media. Um, but do go check us out. We do live tweet the races. Uh, some of them are quite funny. Some of them are made by me. Um, so, yeah. The least funny ones. That's what I was just saying, yeah. yeah some of them are funny and then there's, there's Reese tweets. Yeah. Well, you've heard it from our social media correspondent. Um, it's the superior platform apparently over on Twitter um, but yes it's some good stuff over there um, thank you very much for joining me again today guys it's been lovely you say it like we're not contractually obliged again. to do it <laughs> you're not we've got to do this podcast with it's you true. or else you'll cry I came up with a name Ruth's the producer all you are is the voice <laughs> <laughs> the voice the editor but alright we ain't going to it um, thank you very much I have been Tom we're going to keep on with this even though we're not on video anymore I've been Tom I have been producer Ruth and I've also been producer Ruth and I've been we'll see you next time bye bye bye